Well, here we are. It's a beautiful day. We're in a beautiful place. I don't know, not very often I preach with an actual lake behind me. I, you know, I've, I've preached in front of some baptistries that have had pictures of lakes or streams behind me, but now there's actually a, a, a lake behind me, and, and this is a, a beautiful place to worship. And so we're glad for everyone here this morning. But what is this journey that we're on? Why are, why are we here? Why are we planting this church, this Benbrook Church of Christ? We plant this church as we celebrate love. As we celebrate our love. The love of God, the love of brethren, and the love for the lost. Let's consider this idea of the love of God. When we look in 1 John chapter 4, we see that the love of God does many things. But one of the things that the love of God does is that the love of God is the anchor for our doctrine. Notice what John says as he talks about the fact that this love of God is multidirectional, but it originates, it begins with God's love for us. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16. John writes, We know, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Our life begins in Christ. Our life begins in God because of God's love for us, that Jesus was willing to lay down his life for us. And as we read this verse, and we'll come back and look at it in more detail in just a moment, but it's multidirectional. It propels us to love others. But everything begins with God's love for us. That love originates with God. Notice what John says, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this the love of God has manifested in us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, or not that we loved, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. That is to say, an atoning sacrifice, a sacrifice in place of our own punishment for sin. And so love originates from God. And John says, look, love is from God. God is love. And it's that love that propels us. It is that love that guides our thinking and our action. So far, as we've looked in, John, have you noticed that the phrase love of God is referring to God's love for us? When we talk about love of God, we might think about our love for God, but in these verses, John's talking about God's love for us. And things originate from God's love for us. But we also reciprocate that love. We give that love back to God. And this is where that love of God is an anchor for our doctrine, our teaching, the things that we do. 
because as we love God, that love that we have for God prompts us to follow His commands and to keep His commandments. Notice 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 following. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not burdensome. When we love God, we will keep His commandments. In fact, I want you to notice something that Jesus says in John chapter 14 and verse 15. In that text, Jesus is talking to His 11 apostles. Judas has already betrayed Jesus. But Jesus tells his 11 apostles in John chapter 14 and verse 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so when we love God, that love prompts us to keep his commandments. It's the anchor for our doctrine. It's the anchor for what we teach. It's the anchor for what we do as a church. Because we love God, we want to do what he says. And so we follow God. And God's commandments also help us to remain in God's love. As we think about what Jesus was saying to His apostles there in John, in John chapter 14, Jesus is talking with His apostles and He continues the conversation into chapter 15. And notice what Jesus says in John chapter 15, beginning in verse 9. Just as the Father has loved me, I also love you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. If we want to remain in Jesus' love, if we want to remain in God's love, we do that in part by keeping His commandments. And so when we talk about the love of God being the anchor for our doctrine, it is both because of His love that is directed towards us, but also the love that we give back to God. I want to keep His commandments because I love God. If I love God, I'm going to keep His commandments, and I'm going to remain in God. And so love is the anchor for our doctrine. But the love of God is also the anchor for our love of brethren. As we come back to 1 John chapter 4, Notice again verse 10 and 11, as John writes. He says, In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So as we think about the love that God has for us, we have an obligation to love other Christians. We have an obligation to love one another. And so it is an anchor of our love for one another. And yet John really paints a dark picture, even though this is a great book of love, because he reminds us that if we don't have that love, we're as good as dead. We are remaining in death. Notice chapter 3, verse 13. Do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of, darkness, out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. John equates 
hatred of brethren, refusing to love your brother as murder. And he says you can't murder and have life living in you. You can't hate your brother and, and, and think that you have life in you. He says, guys, if God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us, we ought to love one another. It's sad and it's unfortunate that many times we see churches that are suffering, that are struggling, because things like jealousy and strife and envy creep in. Is it, is it striking to you how often we read in the New Testament God's warnings against things like strife and jealousy and enmities and, and, and all those types of things creeping in the church? John says we need to love the brethren. You can't expect that you have life remaining in you if you don't love the brethren. As we think about the Benbrook Church of Christ, love, worship, serve, we want to be a different church. We want to be a church that everything we do is Christ-centered, Bible-based, because we have an anchor of God's love, an anchor for our doctrine. But we also want to be a church that genuinely loves one another and has a love for each other. And our anchor for our love for one another is that love that God has for us. A love of God. But as John has been talking here, he's also talking about a love of brethren. How do you have that love of brethren or for brothers and sisters in Christ? Notice again 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16 and notice it carefully with me. John says, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. John says, this is how you can know love. You look at Jesus, and you see how Jesus laid down his life for you and I, and then John makes it very hard for you and me. He makes it extremely hard for you and me, because he says, in the same way that Jesus laid down his life for us, we need to lay down our lives for the brethren. Minds me of Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Where there, Paul says, if there is any consolation of love, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love. And then he goes on to say, have the same attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. And there in Philippians chapter 2, as Paul is talking about that love, he says, maintain the same love. Not looking out for your own personal interest, but for the interests of others. Folks, to me, this is the hardest passage in the New Testament. To put others above myself? To not only look out for my own interest, but for the interest of others? And both Paul and John say our standard of how we do that is Jesus. That he was willing to lay down his life for others. And John says, you have to love the brethren by being willing to sacrifice yourself. The word for love in all of these passages that we've been looking at is that agape love, that idea of sacrificial love. But even if you didn't know a, a lick of Greek, you could know that by looking at 1 John 3.16 because he talks about how Jesus laid down his life for us. And then he says, in the same way, we ought to love one another. Sacrifice. 
for one another. How do you do that, John? As we come back to 1 John chapter 3, notice what John says. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or tongue, but in deed and in truth. As God has blessed us, we have occasion uh, from time to time to see someone who's in need. And we help that brother or sister because of love for that brother or sister. Paul says that love that we have for one another is an obligation to help folks. In fact, consider what James says for just a second in James chapter 2. Verse 15, James is talking about faith. But I think what he says here enlightens us. James chapter 2, verse 14. James says, What use is it, my brethren, if, if someone says he has faith but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing, or is that without food, or in need of daily food, and one of you says to him, Go in peace and be warmed and filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? We love. And because we love, we help and we serve. As we think about the Binbrook Church of Christ, serving, worship, grow, we do that because we love the brethren and we love one another. There is one other group that we love as we think about 1 John we've talked about the love of God the love of brethren but there's also a love for the lost again as we come back to 1 John chapter 4 notice what John says now I'll admit as we look here in 1 John chapter 4 I'm putting the stretches on but I think that you can see what how we have a love for the lost We come back again to verse 10 that we've read already a couple times, but let's read it once more. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also love one another. And then notice verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. We have seen and testify that the Father has, has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. As we think about what Jesus has done for us, we know that Jesus died for us to take away our sins. He uses that strange word that He sent Jesus to be a, a propitiation for our sins, an atoning sacrifice. John uses the same word in chapter 2, verse 2, when he says that he was a propitiation not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the world. And so John says, Jesus died not only for you and I, but he died also for the world. And as we are Christians and we have that knowledge, John says we have seen God. We stand in the position of having seen God. Well, you and I haven't literally seen God, but we've seen God figuratively. We've seen God in the fact that we believe in Jesus. We believe in His death, burial, and resurrection. 
And we know that Jesus died for us. And then did you notice what John says? Standing in the position of having seen Jesus or seen God, we testify that He is the Savior of the world. Why would we testify to that? Because we know that Jesus was that sacrifice. We have known the love of God in the person of Jesus. Why are we here? Why are we on this journey? We are on this journey because of the love. The love of God. The love of brethren. The love for the lost. The things that we do as the Benbrook Church of Christ serve, worship, grow. We do because of love. And maybe you're here this morning and you've heard that message of love. You know that message of love and you want to become united with Jesus in His death, burial, and resurrection through baptism so that you can crucify that old body of sin and do away with that body of sin and live for God because of the love that you have for God. We'd love to help you do that as together we stand and sing.